All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again. It's not snowing in the blockhouse. Famously, <laughs> PDX snowpocalypse not happening. But we're here today in our big coats. Just, you know, we want it to be like Acadian Driftwood out there. Got winter in my bones, but no, no. it's basically just a sunny, sunny day here in the blockhouse. Kelly, how, how's it going? This It's good. Yeah, it's, it's still cold. It's very cold. But it is bright as shit. Yeah, and if you didn't know, Kelly's my co-host. Oh, hi. This. Yes, that's me. And what is she co-hosting? Uh, this is a Bob Dylan podcast. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as I didn't look up anything. <laughs> I didn't look up a goddamn thing. Just keep rolling. Fuck it. Just. <laughs> and this week, we listen to Girl from the North Country of 1963's If you're traveling in the North Country fire Where the winds hit heavy on the borderline Remember me to one who lives there She once was a true love of mine All right, Kelly, we spent the entire week gearing up for Again, the PDX Snowpocalypse 2019, and we listened to a beautiful song that made me get actually more hype for winter and for snow than I probably needed to, the absolutely gorgeous Girl from the North Country. Last week when you picked it, I realized what a sham picking songs, just giving you songs to pick is. I've said too much about these songs that you're obviously going to pick good ones. And the whole point, there's a lot of bad Bob Dylan, so... Uh, we'll get to that later on. But we had a gem this week. Um, I'm sure you would agree. This is right up your wheelhouse. Well, yeah. We we essentially are having the, what's going to be my favorite song of the year in fucking episode three of the season. So it's going to be a long one, I think. Well, last year, Sarah was like number five, episode five. All right. Look, I you can't fault science and math, okay? That's just how it shook out in the end. It's not my fault Sarah was so high. It's still not a great song. But this is a great song. It is a great song. This song was first played before it was recorded. He was playing it as early as March of 1963. He recorded it April 23rd, 1963 in six takes. Uh, take number two is the one that we hear on Free Wheelin'. Um, he re-recorded it famously in 1969 for his uh, Nashville Skyline record. So this actually serves as our very first Nashville Skyline song as well. You you gave up Country Pie last, last week, and um, I'll never forget that. No regrets. No regrets. Not here. Uh, this is definitely a sibling of Boots of Spanish Leather, uh, our favorite song of last year. Uh, it's definitely the angel to Ballad and Plain D's Devil, another song that I've talked too much about. And if it ever came up, you'd probably want to listen to it. So <laughs> what's interesting about this song, I think, for a lot of people who love Bob Dylan is who is this song is, a, is about? Is it about Sarah? No, Sarah doesn't exist. Definitely not. No. Is it about Joan? Joan doesn't really exist either. Is it about Suze? I mean, everything is about famously, Suze. Famously, every song is about Suze. And we're not going to get super deep into this, but could it also be about his high school girlfriends, his, his his Minneapolis girlfriends? We've never really talked about these people on the show, but he has mentioned them in, in concerts all the way into the 1970s. 
1978, he introduces this song uh, to the audience, quote, first girl I ever loved is here in the house tonight. I wrote this song for her, though she left me a long time ago for an older man. She was apparently really there in the show. And who was there? His girlfriend, Echo. That's right. Her name is Echo. Why don't we have any Echoes out there in the world? Echo Hellstrom uh, from Minnesota. They were high school sweethearts if i don't even know what it's like to be in the 1950s who knows what they They were they went steady right (laughs) and uh and she had a had a a passion for music as well i think that's something that he's drawn to um i think they talked about other side of the tracksness right is that her yeah because she was like really poor her family was poor yeah i'm that must have stuck in bob dylan's craw because he's such like a i'm a working man railroad Uh riding fucking but he was a middle class yeah life so like yeah I'm sure that he loved being there and loved the flavor of that to give himself some kind of a little bit of street cred. Yeah, I think that I think that's true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what draws somebody like him to New York, not to become the story of Bob Dylan, but he's inherently interested in seeing other places and being different people. And yeah, yeah I think that's really interesting. And then later on in his, his life, 1986, when he's in the crap period of his career, someone asks him point blank, is Echo Hellstrom the girl from the North Country? And he says, quote, she is a girl from the North Country through and through. Thanks, Bob. Isn't there a little anecdote about how he went to his high school reunion, his like 20th year high school With reunion? With Sarah, yeah. Yeah, and ran into her and didn't recognize her and then was like, oh, shit, it's you. Hey, this is – and like enthusiastically introduced her yeah, to Sarah. To Sarah. And like there, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Bob Dylan went to his high school reunion. Which is insane to me. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what is it? What would that be? I mean, nineteen set. I mean, no matter what, your twentieth anniversary. Yeah, this would be like around the end of their marriage, right? So let's say like 19, early seventies. You're the biggest pop star in the world, going to your high school reunion. What That's the crazy. Fuck? Um, yeah, that is a bonkers thing. And also just, I think the, the anecdote goes like Sue, Sue or Sarah and, uh, see Sue's Freudian slip, uh, Sarah and, uh, and her like got on right away. And I'm sure we've talked about it before a little with Joan and with Sue's before too. There's that sort of like, like he's got a type he's like, and I'm sure echo just like Sue's later. It was like, I kind of dodged a bullet. Yeah. Because of the way things all turned out, it wouldn't have been exactly the same if I was there, but he's definitely a certain person. And I'm sure they knew that at the time, although I'm sure echo Jesus, it's high school, you know, right, how, yeah. how much of Bob Dylan actually existed in Robert Zimmerman. We'll never know. However, another candidate for girl from the North country is Bonnie Beecher, who later changed her name to Mrs. Wavy gravy. <laughs> Mrs. Wavy. I feel like that has to be a, a whole thing. Uh, she named her kid birthday party and then he changed his name. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. Two sons, birthday party, gravy. And how do you do good gravy? Never forget. But yeah, what was what did she change her name to? It was like Ramjet Singh or something. That's not um, true. That's one of them. Yeah, she changed her name to Jana Harner Romney. Definitely hippie culture infused. Uh, she obviously was alluded to for being the girl from the North Country as well. And the North Country, you know, this is a song as we're going to get into is from, it's an old English folk ballad. The North Country makes sense. You know, we think of Scotland and the North and the North is a certain way. But, you know, Minnesota's right there on the, you know, Canadian border and the borderline still works and the snow up there is definitely real. And he met her, what would be his college years, College right? But years. he didn't actually go to he, college? He didn't. He'd yeah. like, he, he got into the University of Minneapolis, Minnesota in yeah. Minneapolis, but he like fucked off classes and stole records and then ran off to New York to become Bob Dylan. Yeah. The little anecdote about him, like she was retelling him playing 
uh, piano and harmonica really loudly in her like mm-hmm. whatever student housing she was living in and people coming in and being like would you tell that guy to fucking stop she's like I just wanted him to play the guitar because he's so good at guitar right. but he wouldn't he would just try to play piano and be bad at it and try to play harmonica and be bad at it and I was like that's incredible that's amazing yeah and uh, you know and Bonnie Beecher's is the one recording these Minneapolis tapes that become part of the bootleg series volume 7 she's vital for those really early years she she was thinking above she was thinking into the future uh, at the very least to have a really cool keepsake for someone who's incredibly talented yeah. as she could tell which I think is really fascinating this is my harmonica blowing out solo I was stuck in most of the time this time I blow out We talked a little bit in Boots of Spanish Leather. He wrote that overseas because he was trying. He was there for work. You know, he was just getting big at that time. But he was also trying to get to Italy to see Suze. And Suze then got on the boat and went back to America just as he missed, missed her. And then apparently he wrote these songs sort of like in that longing spirit. I mean, Boots is definitely... I mean, these are the exact same song, just in two different ways. Uh, Clinton Highland, uh, Clinton Halen, he he has something interesting to say. He says, quote, what finally sent him into the reminiscence blues mode again was surely the unprecedented weather that he encountered in England. Just as when he first came to New York, he arrived in London at the worst winter in living memory as as the worst winter in living memory set in. Airports were closed, train services were suspended and the country all but ground to a halt as a house guest at the Carthys one evening. He had joined the chopping up of the piano for firewood in a desperate attempt to stay warm. No wonder he felt inspired to muse upon the North Country Fair, where the winds hit heavy on the borderline. Bob Dylan performed this song 546 times from May 31st, 63, which is wrong, because I said before he played it in March 63. So once again, SOTWPod.com is your source <laughs> for Bob Dylan information, BobDylan.com. Not so much. Uh, and the last time he played it was August 27, 2014. So there is definitely the possibility of him playing the song again. Yeah, well, um, if we ever go see him, I'm going to request that he plays us. Okay. And so Boots. I think and Boots. Listen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he, he has played both of those songs quite a number of times. Uh, so, Kelly, before we get into it and get into, uh, you know, we're not really going to go deep on, on uh, Carthy's version of, you know, Scarsborough Fair and all of that kind of stuff. We talked a lot more about that time in Boots of Spanish Leather. So I think we're going to kind of skip being redundant about it because these two are definitely intertwined. We listened to a bunch of versions of this. Um, some versions I kind of forgot we had, we did not listen to. Uh, it's even on the Bootleg Series Volume 13. He was playing this in, in London with the, you know, his during his religious period um, in 1981, oh. Oh. Um, stretching the song out to five minutes. And, uh, Unnecessary. It's actually not, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's kind of one of those songs that's really hard to fuck up. All of these versions, I know you're going to have some hot hot opinions on Nashville Skyline, but in my opinion, it's really hard to fuck up this song. There's five verses. They're really short and it's really lovely. Mm-hmm. It's got this like blend of like old language, but like something that I think anybody who's ever experienced snow, you can just, you feel it. You feel the cold. I mean, right now in the blockhouse, you can feel the cold and it's like, yeah, that's nice. It's a nice feel. So the song is incredibly beautiful, as we've said. And, you know, I always appreciate trying not to cry at work. It's really cool when I'm, you know, trying <laughs> to do my job. Uh, but 
it's at first I was just like, God, it's so similar to Boots that I had a hard time reckoning with that. I was like, now my I can't listen to the song without comparing it. Yeah. But then I finally let that go after hearing like listening to it multiple times. And there are some key differences, and it's not the same song. The chord changes are different, and and obviously the lyrics are different. Uh, And where it is different, I think, makes a big impact on the two songs. Um, So Boots of Spanish Leather is, like, dark the whole way through because it's just longing. It's just, like, sadness and melancholy and missing somebody. And while Girl from the North Country has a similar vibe, the chord changes are a little brighter. Like, the song itself's like, a brighter tempo, and it just doesn't feel as, as sad. Uh, it also lyrically, I think it's, it, it talks more of, it's more of like a reminiscing on a moment that you really treasured, like a person that you really treasured. Yeah. And like, even if you're miles away and it's been years since you see them, for some reason they pop into your head and you're like, oh yeah, I, I love that time so much. I love this thing so much. And even if it's kind of like a bittersweet memory, maybe you had problems, whatever you're like the first thought that comes to your head is like, I hope they're doing okay. Because and that's such a difference, yeah. I think than boots See, where I, it's like sad it, and missing. It is a, it's all kind of a sad and missing. I mean, it, it's, it is, you can take like, it either way. Yeah. It can just be a nice way. But I mean, he follows that up with like, in the brightness of my, you know, in the darkness of the night, in the brightness of the day. Like no matter what I think about you, yeah. Are you thinking about me? That's a very hard. That's sad. Yeah, that's true. Because like, what if she's not? Then what am I? See, Why I took am it, I? I didn't take it like that yeah. at all because I took it much more from a place of like, it doesn't matter if she's think, thinking about me too because I just want to make sure she's okay. It was like this, even if it's unrequited feeling that it was coming from a really good place, like a benevolent place almost. See, and for me, this is, you know what you can get me from across the sea? Those boots of Spanish leather. Those boots are sitting there by the door. And when I look at them, I think of you. Are you thinking of me? This is like almost the next step, but it's years later. Like I see this as later than boots of Spanish leather. Not that they're connected per se, but like you're that reminder, you know, you were asking for a reminder, if you will, you wanted just her, but at the end you conceded to just having a piece, something that will remind you. And you wanted the boots, you know, the famous boots of Spanish leather. And now when you look at those boots, I feel like you have the, those moments like that. I mean, what are keepsakes for if not to remember people? But I think if you lose somebody like that and you're sad. But you're right. Just like in boots, you can think of it on the total opposite way where it's a healthy like, hmm, I wonder what that person's doing. Yeah. But I think when he's like the darkness of my night, the brightness of my day, it's like all the time. I don't know. I, I guess no. it, because of the person I am, I take comfort in that kind of stuff. Like, it's always nice so to I. be a little bit sad. Like something. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you, too. I have so many keepsakes as well, you know. I, you know, I prize those above other things. I've gotten rid of so much stuff in my life, but I love the little... I mean, I have a beer bottle from fucking Kansas in 2009, you know. Right. I, those things mean more to me than, like, a lot of other things. And I like looking at them because I like the reminders. You're right. I think that you and I both feel that way. A little bit of sadness is definitely a better way to go about your life than pretending that these things don't exist. Or that, yeah, that it never happened or like it didn't mean anything because you can't cope any other way. What if the other person feels, I mean, that's, and that's where I think the sadness can make it even harder. Cause then if you just have an underlying level of sadness and then you're like, but they're thinking about me too. And that makes me feel better. (laughs) And they're like, no, 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 I've never thought about you in five, five, you know, 15 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've really talk. been doing that for a long time. You know, that's sad. Yeah. 
there's some pretty gutting lyrics in the song we can talk about. Yeah, later. yeah. <laughs> so let, let's we'll get into that stuff in a bit. But yep. that's kind of like going to be a feature of what we're going to do. We'll just go you know verse by verse. Sure. I feel. Um, which version of the versions that we listen to? We listen to Freewheeling, oh, sure. yeah. the Whitmark demos. Uh, he he just came out on Spotify um, with a live sixty two to sixty six uh, kind of live. Uh, cl- Live performances from the copyright collection. We've talked about the copyright collections here uh, that they did in Europe, and obviously they're getting these retrademarked because, God forbid, any of this go into the public record, uh, in the public domain. And then we also listen, listen to Nashville Skyline. We did not listen to the Bootleg Series Volume Thirteen, um, but we did also um, obviously Girl from the North Country Musical. This is the right, first sure. song from the musical, so I'll just include it here uh, as we go through all of those. So, what version of all of those? Did you really like? What was the best one? How'd you feel about them in general? So my official ranking of the four versions, excluding Girl from the North Country, never mind, apparently. There are five versions. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So my ranking of the five versions we listened to. Yeah. On our um, playlist. I got to say the Free Will one's my favorite, which is, I thought the Woodmark demos would be because I really like the sound of how raw the recording is. It's like fuzzy and crackly and I was like, no stuff. No harmonica, huge uh, yeah. misstep because that harmonica at first the the last suspended note he does at first was like a siren. It was like really irritating, mm-hmm. but it was a cool stereo effect. If it like would go travel around it the did. sound, yeah. which was really neat. But as I listened to it more and more, I was like, that is so important. That last note, the harmonica, the suspended note, because it really tells you it's it's a longing sound it's yeah. it's like it's this like, like the keening, wind yeah the wind hitting heavy on the borderline yeah i mean it's yeah it's really important so that's why free will ends first then what mark then uh i put real or uh the live 63 60 whatever you're about. oh real live it was on here too right? yeah it was oh yeah. shit my bad i totally yeah. <laughs> sorry guy on instagram yeah yeah fucking forget real live all the time then the Whitmark demos, and then the the compilation thing that you said just came out. The sixty two, sixty six, yeah. This yeah. was um, yeah, Royal Festival Hall, May nineteen sixty four. Yeah, so he changes the harmonic a little bit, but the biggest difference is he's not finger picking; he's strumming, strumming yeah. which um, I don't like as much. But it's not bad, and I was like, maybe I could play a Bob Dylan song oh. one day. So. Well, we haven't gotten into the meat of, I mean, those just classic recordings of this period where he's playing those on the 66 tour. He's playing those. Cause yeah, they all become even like desolation row, um, visions of Johanna songs that have a lot of, a lot going on, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of plucking to get all reduced away for him because he's got a, it's basically him doing all this stuff. And I mean, I'm sure it's hard to fucking finger. Pick oh my that God. Yeah. And do that. So it's, yeah, he definitely sacrifices the, the that for the strumming, but the strumming is so it does the thing that, threw you off at the beginning where he would strum to the way he sings and mm-hmm. it kind of like takes on that air, which I think is really special. It makes it so different. Right. Um, but yeah, the harmonica, I think la- it, there's nothing like that freewheel inversion. The rest mm-hmm. of them are, I don't know. I'm not too so sold on, on the rest of them. That's why I like what, what Mark second is there is no harmonica. It's kind of just like the song and it's bass form. Right. And I love how he slows it down because he's doing it for other people to record. And that's pretty cool. I'm wondering if she remembers me at all Many times I've often prayed In the darkness of my night In the brightness of my day but I, the technical proficiency, like him being able to play like that, I think is is 
yeah, Ruud really adds the tone to the song, so that's why yes. Free Will and has to remain first. Real Life, number four for me. Uh, not great, but not the worst. I would rather listen to this than uh, Tangled Up in Blue. Uh, oh, for yeah, sure. yeah. So, oh, wow, okay. Well, I think so, too, yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot less aggressive and pointed directly at like all of the women in his life yes this is this is more of a like a longing romantic song if you go when the snowflakes turn when the rivers freeze in summer rain see for me if she's wearing a coat so warm Pretend and then, as you said, it, it is. It's, it's hard to fuck up. And then I really did up. not like the Nashville Skyline version. Yeah. Uh, I opened Nashville Skyline after Whitmark because it's classic. It's just classic. It's Johnny fucking Cash. Um, we haven't talked about Johnny on the show much. Um, no, I don't think so. There is a bootleg. We'll do that someday for a supplemental where, you know, because he just kind of crashed with Johnny Cash and he obviously went on to his show. We'll, you know, if you go to the show notes at SFTW Pod, you can watch the, uh, the YouTube video of him playing it live on the Johnny Cash show with Johnny Cash. Because it's his show, weird, and uh, yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird thing to re-record this. I think he really liked the song. I mean, it's a great song. Yeah, but it's it's still weird. So Nashville yeah. Skyline's weird. If you're traveling in the north country fair, where the winds hit heavy on the border. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, it's just a strange thing. I haven't heard any of the songs from this album yet. So hearing his voice, when you first played it last week, I was like, this is awful. Uh, And what's crazy to me is that his voice is more technically correct. Like, if you're taking it from a vocal standpoint, he's hitting notes better. He's holding his breath better. Like, he sounds like a classic pop star of the 60s when he's singing this way, which sounds bizarre now that I've heard the gamut of Bob Dylan voices. I was like, well, I know what this dude sounds like in all his incarnations. Then here comes another one. He fucking stole someone else's voice and put it in his throat somehow. I don't know how that happened. Well, Bonnie Beecher would say this. This sounds like the Bob I knew. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, she she was not surprised to hear this because this matches more of what he sounded like back then. Yeah, like when he was trying to trying to sing it and not kind of do what he became famous for, and sh- maybe shouldn't have gone back to. That's a story for another day. People don't like the Bob Dylan voice that's on Real Life featured prominently that nasally voice. And I mm-hmm. would say before we started this that I too I was like I, that, that's I like no that. not for me. Uh, I dislike this more the okay. Nashville Skyline sound again not because it d- sounds displeasing it, it sounds great his voice has never sounded technically better right uh but it's <laughs> the more i listen to him the more i get to know bob dylan yeah, i'm like yeah. this is so not you man like right. you could plug in any fucking folk singer of the 60s into this song you took out everything that made it yours a beautiful poem about this thing and you turned it into a like a pop song that yeah. anyone could do you, you took out any of the but uniqueness Johnny about Cash it is there. Yeah, That's so fun. Johnny Cash didn't know all the words, uh, <laughs> which is fine. And his voice is fucking beautiful. Yeah. I mean, Lucy for me. Yeah, I mean, you cannot. And then you got Lucy for me. <laughs> I mean, you got it's perfect. It's just like a perfect little duet. But I would like to take a second to talk about that live performance because I thought it was illuminating. Um, and we can get on the Bob is sexist train for a second. So, oh, good. 
I de- we haven't had too too much interaction with Joan Baez yet on this podcast. Just a little bit from Rolling Thunder and a little bit from just snippets yeah. here and there, uh, and obviously watching the documentaries and stuff yes. this year. And like we've talked about, and you've told me that he famously would kind of fuck with her and just like do whatever he wanted and go off and like ha laugh at you. like you can't keep up with me. Ah, yeah, fuck you. Just having no care for like getting on stage. And, and doing this it. is the complete fucking opposite. Oh. He does nothing but show deference to Johnny Cash. He's like looking at him the whole time. Like this is good. We're doing it right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll follow you. Okay, okay. Yeah, sure. If you want to say different words, that's fine. I don't care. That's yeah. great. And I, I like. It's Johnny Cash. So that's a little bit different. Like, yeah. I'm sure he's a hero of his to a point like, or he respects him, right? Like as yeah. a musician. And I think that even plays into it too. Cause Joe Baez is a great fucking wow. musician. Right. And, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. And, and he's so inconsistent about what it is about Joan that, yeah. I mean, coming down to just be like, yeah, I mean, he's, he was more than likely she was a woman that he didn't have any respect for. Yeah. And he just loved the attention and she unfortunately gave way too much of it. And he felt like he could do whatever he needed to. But he would not cross a man. As, no. As to, <laughs> it's a, we'll have to keep doing account. research because yeah. we got to find some, some, I mean, whoever, we got to find somebody with the same opinion that he has of a man uh, that he has for Joe right, Baez, exactly, yeah. which who knows the sliding and scale I, of that. I know this is super thin. I yeah. just wanted to bring it up as a talking point because I don't necessarily, I can't, I'm not going to like point this one example. Well, like, well Bob Dylan deserves to be written on his TV show <laughs> and, you know. No, I get it. Yeah. I totally get yeah. why he would act that way. And I think he should act that way. Like, how could you not if you're faced with like such an imposing, important? I would say it's also just like, um, I would say it's just to sell records. It's almost like, look at me and Johnny. We're just (laughs) having a gay old time here. Remember that song I wrote a long time ago? Yeah, I'm having some trouble, having some trouble writing some good songs. But this one's good. This one's good. Uh, Get back to me in six years. I'll have some good ones for you then. Thank you. Thank you. uh, we can leave the live performance there. It yeah. needs more research. I mean, and I've heard it's him cool talk to see about him. so it's many cool. women yeah. in, in ways that he obviously very respects. I mean, it's not, it's not like that. Sarah. I just want Not her. Uh, <laughs> other people. Are you going to Scarborough Fair? Honestly, St. Rosemary Untie. Remember song though is from an old folk ballad is it though is it though so this is where um i mean i can see the similarities there's oh, certainly totally. the the underlying no, he took the chorus he took the chorus he absolutely took the chorus but like throughout time artists have shouted out other people as a way of respect like i fucking love that line i'm gonna put it in my song and yeah. i'm sure if we prepared better or i thought to ask you about this we could have played many examples of like oh, especially rappers even last just... week we just stagger lee was i mean we had our guy josh fritter or whatever taking the song from uh you know count louis or whatever the song was from another uh mississippi john hurt song and making that and then bringing in yeah Stagger-Lee. yeah i mean that sort of homage is totally fine yeah i think that people get really hung up on like because it just it's a similar um you know tempo it's got this refrain. The chords are totally different. It's but it's for a, a layman. But for a layman, I'm I'm listening to it, and it's he's singing the song. I mean, maybe not the music so much, but like the way he's singing it, and then he gets that chorus. One chorus is enough to stick in, and you're like, oh shit, boom. And I think with God on Our Side had a similar problem. It was a totally different song, but 
that one was more musically right yeah. uh a steal and like every single line was sung exactly like his right and that's why i think um you know uh martin Mc- martin carthy who he who he took this from gave him his full blessing for using the song um not that he needed to or anything like that but sort of alleviated problems that he was going to have with the same song he stole at this time with God on our side. He never, he never did his due diligence um, because even like Dave Van Ronk, they, he would talk to Bob back in the day about these songs. You know, it, it, to me, it just seems like a, a code that folk singers back in the day probably had like, Hey, I found this old traditional song. I'm going to play it. Oh, Hey, I'm going to actually do that too. Let me tell you about it. Hey, I'm going to take that. Yeah. I'm going to use that. Oh, thanks for letting me know, because now I won't do that. It seems to me like that's kind of what's going on. And Bob neglected that with God on our side, but he didn't in this case. Um, He told Kurt Loder uh, in the 1980s, quote, I learned a lot of stuff from Martin Carthy. Girl from the North Country is based on a song I heard him sing, the Scarborough Fair song, which I guess Paul Simon did the whole thing. And he yeah, did. He did. Absolutely. And, and, and that was a beautiful. And they named their whole record. Um, that Parsley Paisley, Sage, Rosemary and Time. And time yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were definitely more enamored um, than Bob was. And Bob really just wanted that refrain. I mean, it's super evocative. It's very evocative. Yeah. And he, I mean, he did it better than anyone. Yeah. Well, for somebody who gets uh, accused of thievery yes. all the time uh, and sometimes with a lot of merit, this is absolutely, I do not think, qualifies. This is just an homage. It's like, hey, that was a cool little couple of lines you put in that song i'm gonna yeah. just sing them too totally different fucking song cannot stress it enough yeah but uh that but you part... can still see the links and i mean oh, and yeah, that's what yeah. we've been talking about a lot this season the, those links the music are... throughout time music throughout time it's fantastic i mean where did he get it you know that's a whole story we could do scarborough fair just like we did stagger lee i mean i'm sure it goes back way further to the point where it probably is unknown where it even came from also that song who's it martin what? martin carthy yeah uh super fucked up he's like go tell that girl to make me a shirt and then maybe she can be my girlfriend go tell her to plant some crops and then maybe she can be my girlfriend yeah. i was like why don't you calm down okay? why don't you, you plant your see. own crops <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah well that just tells you everything you need to know about how long ago that song fucking mm-hmm. was relevant i need me a sturdy peasant <laughs> well bring me a little you know bring me a little water I had the same problem too it was just like oh god yeah. sylvie bring me the fucking water yo <laughs> I can't get up. God forbid I get up and help you bring it. I'm just going to make fun of you bringing it to me fast. And like, you can't do anything right. What a jerk. Uh, so the song itself um, is amazing. I just will go quickly through the verses. I mean, starting you're traveling the North country fair. A lot of people point that North country fair part as kind of the, the homage. Obviously oh, yeah. he stole the totally. thing. But like, fair, yeah. yeah. And then having the North country fair has two meanings, not only the Scarborough fair mentioned, but also just, the f- it's it's that's what i mean about the old language it feels old timey mm-hmm. but like he's doing an homage on one level you know with the scarborough fair and then he's doing that that's something you would read in an old book the north country fair you wouldn't say that today you're talking about how fair the north country is right as a nice... quality not like an event exactly so mm-hmm. but to put that at the end of it is a very strange thing to do something very old timey which is lovely and the the borderline thing you know obviously works in in for scotland and Mm -hmm. england but it also works as i said before for canada and uh and minnesota remember me who uh, sorry remember me to one who lives there for she once was a true love of mine and that obviously is too is from the scarborough affair yeah and that's a beautiful sentiment and it's something that he sort of gets back to that idea He'll get back to you later. We'll get to it in a moment. Uh, and then the next verse, if you go with a snowflake storm where the rivers freeze and the summer ends, I love me some Bob who does some weather <laughs> forecasting. That's my shit. He should be out here making PDX snow apocalypse 2019 happen. 
if he was a shaman, but he's not. Uh, please see if she has a coat so warm to keep her from the howling winds. It's very nice. He didn't say, make you a coat. Make your own yeah, coat, exactly. and then we'll see if right? you're warm. He was like, just see. And whoever. if she can't make a coat, let her die. <laughs> or go out to Bloomingdale's and buy a coat. What's with you at Bloomingdale's? I know. I just have you ever been into Bloomingdale's? I don't think they're around anymore. They I probably think, aren't. Yeah. I my my only reference for Bloomingdale's is that Jennifer Aniston character in Friends, famously worked. Rachel. I could just colloquially say Rachel in Friends worked for Bloomingdale's. Really? Yeah. Oh, Bloomingdale's. That's what it was. Bloomingdale's or Bloomingdale? Oh, have you been saying Bloomingdale? I've said Bloomingdale. I think I don't know what that is though. Is it Bloomingdale? That's what I meant. I think it's Bloomingdale. There is a Bloomington though. This this requires a deep dive. (laughs) Lost. Oh Jesus! Oh, here, like first coffee and uh, a beer can. Oh, that was very bad. That's our first loss in maybe two years. Poor. And then we get to probably the one version as a kid hearing this. I was like. Not scandalized because growing up in America in the 21st century, but it's such like a you don't expect to hear it so clinically put out. You know, please see for me that her hair hangs long, which is gorgeous, and that it rolls and flows all down her breast. Um, please see for me that her hair is hanging long. That's the way I remember her best. That is a romantic line. That is so beautiful and so intimate. You know, just like imagine waking up and seeing the girl with the long, you know, her long hair covering herself. Come on. Come on. This, is, to me, is the crux of the song. It's so beautiful. Brief note about breasts. So, initially, um, you know, I'm hearing all these songs for the first time, more or less, with the exception of a, a few. And this was jarring because... It is jarring. So, the first few times I listened to it, I hated it. And I was like, oh, why is it... Because, to me, it take it sucked all the romantic stuff out of it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, of course, he's just got to reduce it down to sex. And he's got to, like, blah, 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 right? And that's all I was thinking. And That's what I thought, too, when yeah. I first heard it, even as a kid. I, you know, it just was like, what is, yeah, what is this? This feels out of place. It because it, it's such a, a nice, beautiful song, and it's like, oh, why do you have to like, go there with it, right? And that's the, and then I was like, I took a beat, and I was like, wait a second, <laughs> wait a second. Like I once upon a time was with people that I was really into, and like you, sex is part of a relationship, and like doesn't not anyone have whether or not you know male or female, whoever your yeah. partner is, uh you have a really clear image of them like in, in bed, like after you've been intimate or like even yeah. just like you Waking have this really the close and your moment and you're like, it's you. the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And you can't like, that's something that you could treasure and not in a way that it's like sex and that's all that matters and orgasms and things like that. It's just this really beautiful memory, intimate memory. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that I, I get it. I yeah. get it. And I think that's totally what the context is supposed to be. However, yes. like, he kind of chuckles at the line a little he, bit, which he does. Sucks. I, I, I kind of love that. I love when he breaks that wall for whatever reason. I and that tells me we haven't had a whole deep dive. I think there is a freewheel and bootleg out there, but I don't. I don't have it. Um, whenever that gets a redo, I'm excited to hear those other six takes. I mean, there might be some false starts in there, but yeah, he didn't do that for any of the others. But it's right. crazy that they took this take to be the take. So I wonder why, because the chuckle. There's there are plenty of songs of this era, and I think it's part of kind of the he's he's plowing new fields here. I, I don't think that he's I don't think there's any protocol. I don't think you would laugh at that today because it's such a classic traditional song at this mm-hmm. point that people do 
the world over. But at the time, I'm sure he's built, I'm sure he's a little tongue in cheek about this. I'm sure he's not thinking this is the most romantic. Oh, yeah, I am sure, the most yeah. romantic person and all this. He's singing kind of a traditional song, taking traditional language. I think he probably put that breast thing in there as a as a fun little joke. I, I, I would not be shocked. Not that it doesn't make it romantic or whatever. I think it's all about context. Sure. It's all about your context. So when you're a kid, you've never laid with anybody. You You don't understand what this could possibly feel like, but you're totally right. It's those things, and it really builds on that reminiscing because then you think about it when you're laying in bed like, man, for some reason the sun's hitting in a way or the shadow's hitting, and you're like, oh, that's a weird thought. And you just want to stay in this like moment forever. Like I don't know. That's So once, once I – uh once I flipped it on that, the chuckle aside, yes. I, I was like, okay, this is well, how but I there's see something the song. to say though. I mean, the idealization of women. This is a very ideal song. This is a woman who is there just to have her long hair. What is the woman doing? What true? Well, let's go back to Scarborough Fair. Scarborough <laughs> Fair. This woman at least was making coats, plowing fields. What is this woman doing? I think we talked about right. in Shelter from the Storm. What is the woman? But I mean, what is Shelter from the Storm? The woman with long hair covering her breasts, you know, in bed with you. That It is that ideal. So you can certainly read it in that way. And I think it's fine. I think that totally makes sense. And that's very – the fact that he's 21 years old I think is what makes that um, so much crazier for me um, compared to him being, you know, an adult, you know, Mm -hmm. for Blood on the Tracks and doing um, Shelter from the Storm. But it's also interesting that line where he says, please see for me – Oh, I'm sorry. Please see for me if her hair is hanging long for that's the way I remember her her best. He's talking to someone else. He's he's talking to an amorphous other person. That's that going to give with. a message to this girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But basically, like, uh, make sure she's warm. Make sure she's still has that long hair, you know, so beautiful or whatever. He explores those much better on songs that I think you're also going to really love um, from Blood on the Tracks, uh, Simple Twist of Fate. And if you see her, say hello. I mean, if you see her, say hello is basically, I mean, just imagine that line. If you get close to her, kiss her once for me. Always have respected her for doing what she did and getting free. Oh, whatever makes her happy. Of it, but he's basically talking to Sarah's next partner, and it's really sad and it's very beautiful. But it's the same idea that I don't think this thing, this longing, this memory ever fades away. But I think 21 year old Dylan was doing it in a traditional way, and 35 year old Dylan was doing it in a real way like he had those feelings, not only for Suze and for Bonnie and for Echo, but for Sarah, especially for Sarah and for Joan, even in some way, whatever diminished way that could possibly be. I don't know. It's 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 cool to have a 21-year-old kid doing a song like this that's so gorgeous and then have him still taking these themes 15 years later and creating a masterpiece of a record out of the 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 meat of this song. Mm. So, uh, and then we move on to uh, I'm wondering if she remembers me at all many times I've often prayed in the darkness of my night in the brightness of my day. That as we said before reminds me the most of Boots of Spanish Leather for sure. That's right. Amazing all caps. Yeah, yeah. So you really like that? Yeah, it, this because like you, you can't listen to the song. At least for, I can listen to the song and not think about those things that this is trying to evoke. Yes, and like that, I've had that feeling so much for a specific person, and it just like, yeah, that really, 
that was that was a, like I'm just I don't feel like crying at work today. <laughs> a moment of the song every time I listen to it. But you move just on to the hear. next song. Yeah, yeah. It's it just instantly transports you yeah. to that exact memory of this this person. It's just like yeah, I do think about you all the time, and I I do wonder. I can't help myself. Yeah. In the darkness of my night. In the brightness of my day. But whereas I like, luckily for me, because I think I needed to transition that into, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if she doesn't. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Which is fine. That's probably <laughs> yeah. a healthier way to do things. But I don't know how much of that is me faking it till you make it versus how much I actually feel. Because like, do I want? They say you got to fake it at least until you make it. <laughs> Boy is just a kid in the sheet. And if you're traveling in the North Country Fair where the winds hit heavy on the borderline, remember me to one who lives there. I mean, the phrasing of that. Remember me to one who lives there. I mean, that feels so antiquated. Uh, for she once lost a true love of mine. Yeah. Absolutely uh, phenomenal. I don't think we even praise it enough. His vocals in, in Freewheeling are just some of music's greatest. And it's it's crazy to to have, you know, like a more technically proficient Nashville skyline. For me, I obviously love um, his... Um, you know, late, late mid seventies, um, late seventies, you know, blood on the tracks to me is like the perfect Dylan, uh, rolling thunder is mm. the perfect live Dylan, but there's just something about those early records that are so oh, I think this indelible. Is, this and, is my favorite. I yeah. think the way that he sounds here, just because it's so earnest. Yeah. I don't know. Like he's really, he's just singing cause he has to get it out. And I think there's a lot to that. Totally. And I think that's what makes, uh, it very different if if this record had boots of Spanish leather on it, it might be a little overkill. Yeah. But the fact true. that this had girl first and boots came on times they are changing next year in sixty four, um, I think splitting them up allows them to be close but not too close. Yeah, that would have been a mistake important. to have them both. Huge mistake. And I think he knew that, and that's why it was not on the record. So Kelly, finally, does this song work in twenty nineteen? Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Holy it's, fuck yes. <laughs> That's my answer. Just I, yes. The sentiment is timeless. And, um, oh, I didn't say it a minute ago. But yeah, the, him saying, like, I think about you when. I'm sad and when I'm happy yeah. because that's the human experience. We have bad times and good times together. Yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, that's, that theme's never going to not be relevant. The missing somebody, you know, cherishing your memories, but hoping somebody's maybe thinking of you, but mostly you just want them to be doing well. And, and yeah. it's hard to, uh, musically even you can't acoustic guitars are still a thing. We still do acoustic ballads all the time. I we mean, do. famously, even shitty new metal bands can't help themselves, but can't. put a weird acoustic track well, on their it album. Has to be. It has to be. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's usually their single just to like lie to everyone. Yes. Yes. I think this will always work. I think it will always work too. I like, and for me at the end of the day, it's, it's fun to go into his personal life. And these ones are a little more fun because there's way more characters and just like talking about Sarah and Bob. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, of course, as we've said before on the podcast, it doesn't matter who it was written for. The fact that it was written is the most important part. And the fact that he did it when he's 21 is still blows my mind. But as a kid hearing this, this, this is like a longing, even as a kid, I wanted to feel this way. Like this made me excited for life what was going to come 
and sort of, you know, I, I think there's tons of people out there that kind of shut themselves off to that. And I think I, I definitely identified with the Bob Dylan of this period who was just always in constant motion and moving and leaving, going off to New York somewhere a thousand miles away from where I grew up. I mean, I felt I did the same thing. It was something you wanted to feel. And honestly, like having that kind of love at least once in your life is even if it's sad and it ends bad is a gift. And well, I that's think what that's we, what this is all about. We were saying earlier about it, you know, a little bit of sadness. Like that means that you did something. That you means did that something. you had an experience. Right. If you're just going about life like everything's fine, then I don't think you're really experiencing much. Yeah. Kelly, do you know where you can experience the most joy? <laughs> wow. Oh my god. I was not ready for that. Uh, I'm gonna guess SOTWpod.com. That and our Twitter at SOTW Pod. Wow. Uh, also, our Facebook so and uh, our, our Instagram. Yeah, we are we are deep in the thickets of uh, of season three, and it's been lovely so far. Stagger Lee has been a, was a really great episode. Um, Beyond Here Lies Nothing was a great treat. Our very first together through life, and now we're back in freewheeling Bob Dylan. I can't wait to see what we what we get next week. But before we go on to next week, uh, you know the episodes kind of come into an end. You should also check out our Spotify. Not only are we on Spotify with our episodes, and you should follow us there because that's just the easiest way to get podcasts, but you can also listen to our playlist. You can subscribe to our weekly one. Uh, you can search that by um, see that my playlist is kept clean. Oh, we update that every we update that every single week with uh, with whatever the new song is. So you can always check into that, or you can just go and to our website or search the song and look at the playlist section on Spotify and more than likely you're going to see our stupid faces there and you're going to see uh, a, a wonderful playlist that we did this week. Kelly, I want to welcome back to the playlist, Manchester Orchestra, Nick Drake, Simon and Garfunkel, of course, the internet, Tim Barry never leaves, Nicole <laughs> Atkins, bad religion all the time and the impressions. And then I want to welcome to the playlist, chasing noise, clap your hands, say, yeah, you remember that song? Mm -hmm. uh, Gem club, botch, uh, Lauren Nairo, Bikini Kill, I think Miles Davis for the first time, and Massive Attack for the first time. Uh, I love this playlist. I think it's this so is one good. of the best ones we've done. Botch is unexpected. But lovely. It comes right after the <laughs> internet and it's so great. Um, and a lot of, like, uh, Lauren Nairo was somebody I'd never heard of. Um, and she was on my, you know, big 60s playlist. And mm. it just all worked out really well. It was yeah. such a lovely, uh, lovely song. It was all around. I mean, it's fun to have clap, clap your hands say, yeah. Yeah, this is a playlist I might go back and listen to just for funsies. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely uh, would recommend it. Kelly, <laughs> speaking of recommendations, Jeez. we also lived a life where we thought snow was coming. We thought we, we were did. going to be the girl from the North Country, but we're not because it's sunny and the squirrels are like, oh, I was just, you know, gathering nuts. And now like, who cares? I don't have to do anything. It's fucking <laughs> summer, apparently. <laughs> What else were you doing this week in addition oh to this lovely song and this lovely playlist? Well, I had a week that you had last week or two weeks ago, whatever. And you're just like, music is great. All I want to do is listen to music all day, every day, which yeah. is a joke because, yes, we love music. That's the whole, That's thing. The whole thing. But sometimes you like are listening to podcasts, you're yes. reading a book or you're doing whatever. But then this for me was just like, oh, all I'm doing is listening to fucking music all yeah. day, every day. Uh, so I have a lot of recommendations, but I'm going to try to whittle them down a little bit. Um so La Chica, who I mentioned last year, yes. she had an EP called Oasis that came out um, in, sorry, that was in 2017, but uh, she just came out with a full length album, uh, Cambio. She's hard to peg because she's kind of like a electric and pop and, but also little elements of hip hop and classical. She's a Venezuelan French um, pianist, a, a composer. So yeah, her shit's really cool. She sings in Spanish and a little bit of English, but it's just really neat to check out. And I like music that's hard to, 
classify. Yeah, sure. Um, the on our playlist, there's a, a group called Gem Club. Yeah. Uh, and they, it's part of this compilation album called SNS Presents Dreams. SNS stands for Stadiums and Shrines, which is a radio program on the independent uh, radio station. Uh, Newtown, which is a Brooklyn-based okay. radio station. So this is a long way to say that a company called K- a record company, Casein Records, um, because of this radio program, SNS, yeah. they did this whole uh, art c- kind of multimedia thing where they they found these cool old tourism books from the 50s that were all black and white Sweet. and each page had like a different country so they got all these like dream pop ambient artists to pick a picture and then write a song about it so gem club did english countryside which is on our playlist whoa um but that whole thing is really neat if you want to check out sns presents or newtown radio it's all free on the internet go to our website yeah and it's uh it's just really neat i, I realize dream pop is a genre which i kind of like a little bit but um, no vocals, please. So, Gem Club, most of their stuff has vocals, but the one okay. on our playlist, which is beautiful, and it one is on beautiful. three of my pay- playlists, wow, uh, is not. So, wow. And then, biggest recommendation: Thin Lips, which oh, yeah. oh, God, you apparently God, try to tell me about because famously Daniel tells people that he likes about music that he enjoys that he thinks they would enjoy, and famously we ignore him until yes. later when we discovered on our own, and Daniel's like, "Yep, yep, <laughs> <laughs> already done." I left it in our. We have a we have a bunch of collaborative playlists, and I just left it in the recommendations. I don't know if I if I said anything. I just yeah. No. I don't think we talk about it much because I just assume we either do or we don't. We just kind of like get on periods where we're like constantly doing it because I want to know, and then we just kind of like dormant. So I just threw it on there because I was going to tell you, and then I forgot, and then I deleted it. Well, they're my new favorite band of all time, so no big deal. No big deal. Um, yeah, they're they're like a, a pop punk band, yeah. and um, butch lesbian front person guitarist oh my god uh, and this is this is why representation matters and all these things because she's singing songs that are my life which means butch lesbians must have a pretty common thread when it comes to relationships and stuff um so they oh, no. have uh, a couple of albums they just came out with um what is it chosen family yeah chosen family last at the end of last year yeah. um and it's just incredible um especially the song not losing sleep which is actually off of a 2017 split record which has a track from modern baseball uh and the super weeks it's just a three little oh yeah uh, three track record but it's a big deal modern baseball big yeah the uh lyrics like if we smother every ounce of our autonomy and um you hate everything at least a little bit. Like I was like, she's talking to me. This, and this is here. <laughs> yeah. Hate everything a little bit. If you're just a little bit sad. Yeah. It's a uh, check out divorce, riff hard and chosen family, all three of their EPs and albums. So Done. just fucking great. Then looks. When we recommend a couple of things one i want to give a big shout out big fuck you to budweiser for using blowing in the wind in their super bowl commercial about how they use wind energy to make their shitty beer so wow big fuck you to that and uh, yeah we're in the period where a civil rights anthem becomes a fucking ecological thing for a big business yeah totally not into that listen to a ton of germs uh gi grew up on the anthology mia the the whole anthology of all of the germs so the fact that it's split up it's kind of like minor threat it throws me off because i'm like want it all in one place mm-hmm. my dudes why are we doing this uh laura nairo again new york tenderberry 
is on my 60s playlist. She's on our playlist. It's such a cool record. I had no idea she existed. The Bill Evans trio. Bill Evans was the pianist for Kind of Blue with Miles oh, okay. Davis. Uh, they had they had a famous record again on my on my list. Uh, Sunday at the Village Vanguard. Um, Miles Davis said about him. It kind of reminds me of Paul Griffin when we were talking about the piano um, for. Um, sooner or later one of us must know you know mm-hmm. how crazy his piano was right, and he yeah. was like so virtuosic uh, miles davis said about uh, bill evans uh, quote bill had this quiet fire that i loved on piano the way he approached it the sound that he got was a crystal note or sparkling rod or cascading down from some clear waterfall i had to change the way the band sounded again for bill style by playing different tunes softer ones at first uh, apparently blue and green the song on kind of blue um it, bill evans actually wrote it but miles davis took credit for it mm. and then bill evans was like yo let me get some royalties and miles davis wrote him a check for 25 bucks <laughs> so that's pretty much on brand with with miles davis and then it was soon after he left and he just kind of played trios for his whole life just like different trios and this one's famous because uh the bassist and the bass on this is fucking crazy so talented and another sad instance in jazz music where two weeks later he died in a car crash oh, and it's like so there's this like kind of sadness hanging over the music music that you don't even you're obviously putting on from years later but it's lovely um and uh and then i listened to laura stevens's new song probably like seven times uh living room new york for her new record that's coming out later i think in march hmm. i can't i like i'm on the cusp of like buying tickets to go see her because she's so good we saw her in 2014 when uh against me came here to portland way back in the day one of my favorite shows of I've ever been to uh, and she opened for him and she's part of Bob in the music industry and you know played in Jeff's Rosenstock's band famously number one from last year so I want to feel the urge to press against my neighbors while I keep you in my mind I keep you in my mind all of the time here in the waiting room in the waiting room in the waiting Highly recommend it all. Let's go. This is the year of shows. We're going to so many shows. The year of shows. So those are my recommendations. Kelly, I can't wait for the recommendations next week, though. Why? How do we get to next week, though? Oh, wow. You are the master of transitions Transitions are good. (laughs) So this is the end of the show. We are deleting Girl from the North Country episode. Yeah. And we have 433 songs left. Now, Kelly, I was going to go into this deep historical project which i i do hope to do these features more but one thing i learned last week that i alluded to at the beginning of the show is that i give you a list of five things you know some of these songs mm-hmm. you can spot the jesus from a million miles away <laughs> you really can. and uh you know what are you gonna do so no i can't i can't give you choices because anymore. if we do this the last year of our podcast is going to be fucking terrible that's what i mean <laughs> so i'm gonna ha- so i'm trying to think of these crazy little feature things i may not do it every week so some weeks we're gonna go random including this week so this is our first random one we're gonna go to random.org and you're going t- to choose our old friend at random.org random.org it's been a minute. Oh, no. all right Kelly, you remember how how this all works i mean you've been getting like presents and prompts for the last you know months now going back to christmas do you remember how to do this yeah you say how many songs there are and then i pick a a number and then you laugh at me for it being wrong correct because you use random.org to choose the number random.org old sponsor of the show still a sponsor not true still a sponsor who doesn't pay they don't pay but they (laughs) they support the best kind (laughs) 
All right, Kelly. One out of four thirty-three. What you got? Uh, two hundred and six. Two hundred and six. In a different timeline, Kelly, two hundred and six would have given us a live record, a long live record too. I was kind of looking at this the other day because I was like, how many songs are actually on this? At Budokan Live, this is the 1978 World Tour, which famously I want to get into because I need to understand what was going through his mind and like what was music like that he could take out like saxophones and like have like a 12 piece band and like go around the world. It seems crazy to me. We're not going to be doing Budokan, Kelly. It's actually going to be number 54, Kelly, and it looks like it's not going to be an album, but it is going to be a song. It's going to be our first song back at Love and Theft since episode one. Damn. That honest, was honest with, with me. me. Yeah. This song is rad. Cry a while. Second to last song on the record. You want a good funky jam where Bob Dylan is telling you maybe it's your turn to cry a while. Oh, shit. There might be a little bit of a uh, little bit of murder Bob going on here uh, in the guitar. I mean, this is going to be a great. Uh, it's a great blue song with a great guitar uh, lick to it. So. Holy shit. Love and theft. I love love and theft. I will see you next week for cry a while. That's it. Bye. <laughs> Did we say bye? No. Well, I said, Kelly, we'll see you next week. Yeah. And then you kept going. There wasn't yeah, a clear end. Okay. It's fine. So just say bye. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Remember me to one who lives there. She once was a true lover